This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Scarlett Hildebeidel talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me as always are Scarlett and Dave. Guys, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm pretty good. You know, I got to get outside the other day. I uh, got a haircut by a professional, so not in my house. Got to go into the office. I got to shoot 31 videos yesterday. Wow. 31. Wow. In okay. one day? In one day. In wow. two and a half hours. These are like one minute little things. They're short. No. But, yeah. uh, Teleprompter? Uh, yeah. 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 Nothing off the cuff because then I would just be like umming and awing all over the place like I do on a podcast. <laughs> That's pretty terrible. Do you enjoy that? When I get to write what I'm saying, I actually enjoy it quite a bit. Good. How are you, Dave? I'm doing fine. I'm feeling a little hurt by our, our guest today because uh, last <laughs> podcast we uh, we were talking about things. I can't remember if it was on the podcast we were talking separately, but um, one of you, meaning Scarlett, uh, had the opportunity to review an advanced manuscript of a book this guy's publishing later this fall. Um, you know, and I, I even was talking to his publisher about something separate and they were talking about like, yeah, that's great. I'm the last one to hear about this, get a chance to review. <laughs> I mean, I figured, I, I thought I was somebody who had a strong platform. I mean, I'm a future bestseller 20, 20 years from now, um, you know, with my tell all, but um, I, I don't know. I just, I don't understand like why I'm, I've been thrown to the, uh, to the side of the road. It's uh, because I'm, I'm spiteful and you haven't been very nice to me. So I, I take these things very personally. I have very thin skin and yeah. uh, can't take a joke. And so, yeah, you made one too many jokes at my expense, Dave, and no yeah. advanced manuscript for you. So it's just payback time. That's really yeah. what it is. We both, you know, we both. You, you arrive at a certain level of fame and you get to decide who you write off. You've watched the Jordan documentary. He just gets yeah. to cancel everybody who he doesn't yes. like. So that's kind of what I'm aspiring to. I, I, I haven't listened to your Happy Rant talk on it, but man, what a fun 10-part series. I know Aaron and Scarlett are probably like, what <laughs> in the world are they talking about? But Completely the disinterested. Last, the last dance is like, <laughs> here's what it is. It's like, it's not... It's not even about basketball to me. It's everything about Is it basketball. about Jordan's dance career? <laughs> it, it's, it ultimately is, is a study of 90s fashion. That's really what it is. Nice. It's, it's a documentary, 10-part series on 90s fashion. And the soundtrack is just a progression of 80s and 90s music, which is also pretty awesome. So, yes. yeah, the basketball part is like, yeah, I remember all that. I <laughs> forgot that people wore pants like that, though. Oh man! Oh, and the suits. Uh, you mean blocked your, it out? The suits. The suits go down to your knees. I mean the 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 jackets. That's what I love. It's so funny. Um, yeah, that that has been a joyful series to watch for the sake of nostalgia. I kept thinking, I'm sure, like you, Barnabas, that it's. I just remember where I was watching all these, or or what state, or what was going on in my life, and I just. It's been fun to kind of look back that way. Too. Will you also remember where you were when you found out that you did not get an advanced manuscript of my forthcoming <laughs> book? Yes. I hope so. I hope I leave yes. that kind of imprint on your life. That is when I am interviewed as part of your 10-part series later on. So what does that make me? Watched, uh, watched by fives of people. What, what am I, Isaiah Thomas to you? Is that what it is? I'm Isaiah Thomas. I don't want him on the team. I didn't say it outright, but I don't want him on the team. <laughs> um, I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I see what my, my place is in this world. Okay, that's good. That's good. So to answer your question, Scarlett, I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. You know, I'm, I'm emotionally just uh, stable. You know, that's that's my that's my day. <laughs> emotionally stable. This this has definitely come across as an emotionally stable update, Dave. Well done. <laughs> Would you call yourself an emotionally stable genius? <laughs> emotionally unstable genius, maybe? That's mm, I don't know. Seems accurate. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. That would be like that would be like Elon Musk, right? Emotionally unstable genius. Or you know, are or you, other or you're other not people. in your cat room right now, are you? No, I'm in my office. Is it uh, is it messing up? I 
I think Scarlett's I'm internet good. It was is frozen going for a second. Um, okay. I can see you now. I'm back on. It's probably me. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. Okay. Bet the, I bet the rabbit chewed through the internet cables or something. Can we talk about the rabbit real quick? I'm aware yes. that I've become a weirdo about that. I'm tr- really trying not to be a weird rabbit person. But it's just helped me through this difficult. Is well, there a, um, is there a um, version of a rabbit person? Is there a version of a know. rabbit person that's not weird? I don't think so. That's okay. what I'm afraid of. And I'm not, per- I don't know. So Scarlett, we have, we have a few questions to help gauge whether or not you've become a uh, weird pet person. So number okay. one is, do you carry your rabbit in a purse? It's not a purse. It's a rabbit carrier <laughs> from Amazon. <laughs> okay. It's been a hard time. Listen, I've been I've been struggling with sadness, so it's a good thing that I got a copy, an early copy of Barnabas's book, mm-hmm. hoping for happiness, because it is truly what I needed right now. See, Dave, you're emotionally stable, so you don't need one. You said so yourself. You're fine. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know if you're like doing layers. And I'm Canadian, of so I don't have emotions. Here's <laughs> what don't... I think happened. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, no, no. Keep going with it. I just want to figure out where you are on the spectrum here. Keep I think going. that Barnabas saw my Instagram, saw the rabbit, saw the rabbit bag, and thought. She needs this book and sent it to me for that reason. The the rabbit did give me mild concern. Not the getting of the rabbit. Like owning a rabbit is fine, but there's there's a preponderance of rabbit I'm on, really, on I know. social media. Brandon told me that the other day. He was like, stop, <laughs> stop with the rabbit. I said, okay, I'm sorry. It's just, it's what's going on in my life right now. That's fine. All right, so here's the second question. Because um, I got to say right now, uh well I mean we're we're kind of on the fence on the uh, on the pet person thing so um move on sorry I, it's, it's no bad. we got gonna get question better. two it's fine question I'm two Barnes's book okay do you refer to your rabbit as one of your children no okay good there you go <laughs> that's okay. that's yeah that's a that's a real defining point or if you yeah. end up with like a sticker on your car about your pet like if you oh, have anything no. about your pets on your car. <laughs> yes. If you if if you refer to your your animal as a fur baby, much like your books as a book baby, then uh, no. Nope. Okay, so I'm okay. Yeah, you're okay. You're all right. I you're got Barney Mrs. Book just in time. Yeah. Yes. The, you were the, about a week away <laughs> from from starting to refer to Puffy as your fourth child. The rabbit carrier is mildly eccentric. Everything else that we discussed is like okay. that has fully crossed the line. Yes. So glad you're not. Okay. I'm glad you're not in that place. Well, and also the. Also, it being a proper pet carrier as opposed to your actual purse. That's, yeah. a, that's a defining... That's, I that's, know. She's got to have ventilation. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about something else? No, no, Ruby. And then when, it's like, no, I would like to, I'd like to sit no, on this no, one for let, a minute. Let, 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 let's do something for a second. Because every time Scarlett... I'm not posts, okay. No, whenever, <laughs> Scarlett, whenever Scarlett posts pictures I, I then try and find that that gif from Monty Python, the Holy Grail with the rabbit. It's <laughs> really good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Any opportunity. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we used to have some rabbits growing up too, Scarlet. So it's okay. You know did what? They, when you say had them growing up, were these like pets or did you like eat them? Like <laughs> no, what, they- <laughs> what was the end result of having rabbits growing up? We, uh, we, they, they lived Dinner. in our backyard in like a little pen or something like that. They were not indoor rabbits. No, no. <laughs> All right. I know, I know. But the cats, Barnabas, hey, you know, we may have added another one since uh, you were off the podcast. I, I don't recall. I can't remember. I, I lose track. You did you see. add or did they just start breeding? Uh, well, one <laughs> one of them is uh, in heat right now, so we have to get that taken care of. Um, A cat is- in heat is the worst pet. <laughs> it's like get away from me my, <laughs> so it's a cat that's also a cat <laughs> my daughter's had a had a cat that has since run away because cats are evil animals and the absolute worst um and and when it went into heat it was yeah i was like i i'm gonna go throw this in old hickory lake this is the worst this isn't even this isn't even a pet it's just an annoyance like i'd rather have mice than a cat in heat 
Wow. That's fair. <laughs> I know. Wow. Okay. We just, um, Scarlett, <laughs> will there be more rabbits? Uh, no, in, no, 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 no more rabbits. Okay. I think we found our family animal. I think this is, this okay. is what we're supposed to have. Okay. So not ducks, not okay. no more chickens. Ducks. Okay. We have the chickens and the ducks. All right. But we are still trying to move. So, okay. Yeah. Are you right. throwing in the ducks and the chickens as part of the deal? Probably. Okay. That's you know, that could be a good selling point right there. And the, the, all know. the chickens have been consumed by, um, not you all, but uh, other animals? No, this is our third batch of trying to have chickens. Uh-huh. We we were selling the house, and then the world ended, so we got more chickens. <laughs> We'd have something to do. <laughs> the world ended. And thus, let's get more chickens and a rabbit. I like yeah. it. Why not? I like it. I like it. Okay. All Why right. not? All Part right. Take notes. This is what's going on. This is how to survive. That's right. Yeah, I I feel I'm I'm not a very good survivalist. I don't own any animals that I can eat if the world continues to end. I mean, I guess you could eat a dog, but it's frowned upon in the United States. <laughs> it's it's oh, culturally man. unacceptable. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Scarlett, let's keep going on this for one more minute here. All right. Okay. <laughs> you're not uncomfortable <laughs> enough. No, yeah, exactly. let's keep talking about my... You're writers. I'm curious about how you all operate. I mean, have there been sh- like at least a short story that's come to your head about Puffy and... <laughs> Puffy's interaction with your chickens and your uh, ducks? No. No, No, but I am writing things while holding Puffy. So she's involved in the process. She's not yet been the subject of anything. All right. Okay. Okay. Yet. 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 Not yet. 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 All right. If the world world continues to end, if the world (laughs) continues to end at this rate, Puffy may make an appearance. Puffy is such a a great name as well for like the beginning of a story. All seemed well and cute. Mm -hmm. And the real side of Puffy came out and thus Monty Python, the Holy Grail. (laughs) (laughs) When Puffy turned on the children. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Um, All right. Hey, we're just workshopping here, Scarlett. That's it. I'm not okay, saying thank you, writers, right. but one of us needs to. So that's it. It's going to happen if Barnabas's book, I'm halfway through, if it doesn't pull me out of the hole of sadness that I've been in, then it's going to be a funny novel. That's what's going to happen. So if, if there's a bunny novel, we have Dave's idea and my failure to blame. That's that's what this comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back on to this podcast that I replaced you on next time to find out. I, I mean, honestly, a Puffy, Puffy the Bunny novel sounds intriguing. So I'd, I'd be okay with it if that's the end result here. You know, that will be your legacy, Barnabas. Think about that. All right. No, serious question, though, Barnabas. So how, how has it been writing um, during the pandemic for you? So like everything shut down in Nashville right as I turned in my manuscript, <clears throat> which means uh, I haven't done an enormous amount of writing since other like I've done a lot of editing, which sucks in the best of times. You know, having somebody hand your manuscript back and go, here's all the things that you need to change about this to make it better. Um that's no fun when you can go work at your favorite coffee shop with your favorite music and, and be amused by people around you. You know, now I'm stuck in a closet doing the same thing. Just me and my, my failures at sentences. Um, I haven't, so I haven't done a lot of writing other than, you know, some, some shorter pieces to kind of support the book or that, you know, lifeway.com wanted about small group stuff or whatever. So writing right now is tough because I just feel like everything is sort of gray and flat. And so I, I feed off of being able to go and kind of get in a creative headspace. So writing from home in a boring room is not my favorite thing. I don't know how people write from home consistently when they just like go hole up somewhere. That's not my thing. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a little challenging. It's, it feels much more like work than it does finding any sort of creative groove. Barnabas, do you have someone you send your books to to read before you send them to the real editors? No, I don't like getting feedback on my books, partly because I don't know if it's overconfidence or abject fear that somebody will tell me it's not good. It's one of the two. I either am very confident that I think it's good enough or I I really don't want to hear from people that it's not. So no, I never, I don't think I've ever shared any of my manuscripts with somebody before submitting it to the publisher. Well, can't both know, of those things be true? Overconfidence and fear? Yes. Yeah, I think most overconfidence is probably compensating for fear. So, <laughs> yes, they can both be true. Um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a good habit or not. Like maybe the peer review thing is really good, but I, mm-hmm. I've never tried it. Do you submit your, like you send yours to people, Scarlett, to, to get feedback? I think I'm like you in that I would never do that, except I always send everything to Brandon. We kind of like when we met, that was our bonding point was that he wrote something. And I said, that was really good. I'm an English major. and I was in college. So that's like our hobby that has gotcha. tied us together. So I trust him. And I'm not offended when he says this is ter-. all the time. I'll send him an article and he'll be like, you are in a bad mood. You should not send that <laughs> in. And then I rewrite it because I trust him. But I don't think I would want to send it like when I wrote fiction novels I never sent them to anybody and then I failed over and over (laughs) but um yeah only Brandon I don't think I think if I didn't have him I probably would not send it to anyone I really don't know who to share most of my stuff with like I'll share stuff with people if it's like okay is this gonna is this gonna get me fired um and so (laughs) I'll ask a couple of guys at work but uh so and then it's usually like yeah you should probably not say that ever anywhere yeah, I've I've run I've run controversial things past people before, but yeah, never never for style feedback. Never for like wording, editing. This would be, you know, stronger if feedback. And some of that's because I I don't know, I just I have I'm like I I wrote this the way I wanted to write it, and I don't really care if somebody thinks it could be better if like that's them writing the book. I'm not that interested in in their suggestion when an editor comes back, they kind of have like the cumulative professional view and they're trying to maintain my voice, which is a different thing because they're trying to strengthen it in the context. Whereas I think most friends who read it are just reading it from their perspective. And I don't, I don't care what their perspective says about how I should reframe a paragraph quite as much. That's the overconfidence part of it. Have you all ever read the book out loud entirely for someone to listen to or someone to read it out loud for you to listen to just to see? How does that flow? I'll do that with sections. If if I'm getting hung up and I'm like, I'm just not sure this is clear, I'll read it out loud to myself to see. Because usually you can kind of find the sticking points of, oh, that wording doesn't work. You really notice it when you go read an audio book. So you go read your own and then you're like, oh, that was poorly <laughs> worded. I should have written that differently. <laughs> or you wrote it very much for the person who's, <clears throat> who's underlining, not the person who's just sort of listening to how a sentence comes together. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't say that out loud that yeah. way, but it yeah it reads that but way. I don't think that's a standard for good writing. Like I don't think good writing has to sound good out loud because there's a big difference between reading on the page and reading or, or and, and conversing. I, I think the thought is, do you catch things differently when you kind of yeah. hear it versus, you know, uh, yeah. I don't think it should influence the book other than just for that fact. But yeah, I've heard of some people doing that. Just curious how everyone does it. No, I mean, I'll have certain things. I mean, I mean, obviously, if it's something that I'm that I'm writing that's meant to be spoken um, or to be heard versus just read, then, yeah, of course, I'm going I'm going to read that out loud because it's going to be a hot mess if it's if it's not. Well, Barnabas, tell us a little bit about how things have been at church trying to adapt to that. You're one of the many church leaders trying to manage a flock um, with some distance. (laughs) Don't you love that you have a flock, Barnabas, now? Barnabas has a flock. Shepherding via Zoom. It's great. (laughs) Um, I love Zoom so much. It's my favorite. It's been been good in kind of an overarching sense. Uh, When everything shut down, there was, it was a real challenge to kind of in the space of, I mean, for us in Nashville, it was like 48 or 72 hours because the announcement of shutdown came on like a Friday or Thursday, something like that. And so we had to shift for Sunday pretty quick, which then also meant that we, all of us who have roles that deal directly with groups of people. So I, I oversaw the small group stuff. Well, that was all off the table. So what do I do now? How do you, how do you facilitate small groups? And I kind of became the de facto communications coordinator slash director kind of thing, just moving into what are we doing digitally communications wise? And you know, it took a couple of weeks to kind of find a, a, a rhythm. So when I say it went, it, it's gone well, it's been like, it's gone as well as it could have, but it's certainly not the way church is supposed to work. And it, you feel it every single week when you're like, for two months, we didn't go into the office. You just, I just didn't see anybody I worked with, didn't see anybody from church. Um, that's weird. It's weird to call it a church when you never see anyone. Um, 
but we also have, we have a lot of, the staff is great. The leaders, you know, kind of the lay leaders in the church are great and have made the best out of it and have, you know, they shifted to figuring out how to make, make it work. Um, but the, it's comforting also to know that nobody else in the world was well prepared for this. You know, no other church who had been sort of a healthy in-person church was like, oh yes, perfect. We've, we have a contingency plan for never seeing each other. Um, so it's, there's been a, a lot of mutual learning, listening, sharing with other church leaders. How are you guys doing this? What are you hearing? What's working? What's not <clears throat> positive feedback from people at other churches and in our saying this is working or, Hey, we need more of this. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been as good as it could be given the utter crappiness of the situation. I would say that. Well, and la- last night. Nashville announced that uh, groups of 25 um, can start meeting now as well. Well, more importantly than that, the Nashville mayor has said a few times that the governor of the state is the one with authority over houses of worship. And the governor has very different restrictions for churches than the mayor does. So Mm -hmm. uh, the mayoral recommendations slash restrictions for Nashville, which are, which are a lot tighter don't kind of officially apply to churches. So it puts churches in Nashville in a weird spot of figuring out how to honor the mayor and also actually honor the one who, who holds legal authority. So yeah, we've made some decisions as a church of how to reopen and it's outside of the mayoral guidelines, but it falls well within the the governor's restrictions. And you know, that causes some interesting conversations because you have people in the church who are like, why are we even doing this? And other people in the church who are like, why did we ever stop meeting? And most people fall somewhere on the spectrum between the two. So figuring out how to maintain peace and unity and explain matters of conscience, which are rarely black and white. So uh, that's I think that's probably gonna be the greatest challenge is figuring out how to reconvene in a way that doesn't leave some people angry unnecessarily. Uh, or leave people kind of left out unnecessarily. So those are those are fun things we get to figure out over the next several weeks. Praying that things open up to the point where we don't have to worry about it anymore. But sure. I don't know. That yeah. seems less likely. Uh, there's a guy in my Sunday school class. He's the one Barnabas I gave helped me with my unbelief too. Um, I'm, I'm clearly not doing a good enough job teaching uh, people the word. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've done. I'm, I'm glad I, I wasn't going to say, <laughs> no, um, but, uh, but no, 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 that just, I, I, you know, he was just commenting cause he's watched some of Emmanuel services stuff as well. Just everyone seems to be watching like multiple sermons and everything. Cause you know, services are shorter online, right? They're not, you're not doing it the same way. It doesn't take up the same amount of time. So yeah. they're kind of sampling around. It's kind of funny music, but he had some very, he and his roommate, also watch Emmanuel's and they really enjoy what you guys have done. So I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I wish he wouldn't because I wish he was really content and satisfied with his his own church, but you know, (laughs) it's nice. It's nice to hear. It's really just his Sunday school class leader that that, just remember. That's really it. it. Yeah. It's one person and you know, we're just going to chalk it up to that. So yeah. I, I just heard I just heard the other day of kind of the first instance of a of somebody leaving a church because they really liked the way another church did stuff online. So they had they've kind of found the freedom to do online church shopping Gross. and discovered that it's even easier than in person church shopping. And so they they decided they they notified their church leadership. It wasn't at Emmanuel, it was a friend's church, but that they've notified their leadership they're switching. And I'm like, that's I don't know, it feels like breaking up by text. It's pretty dirty. Yeah, well, so Barnabas, I'm, I'm going to get you uh, kind of uh, fired up just a little bit more. So I saw that some good news has been sold to CBS Viacom. John licensed to license. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> license, and he will not host. No, <laughs> Barnabas, go. Wait, who's not ho- who's not hosting? John, John Krasinski. He's not going to host it though. What are you guys talking about right now? Some okay, good so- news. So about nine or 10 weeks ago, um, John Krasinski (laughs) at the office decided to launch a YouTube channel to talk about positive news on the internet instead of um, everything being awful all the time. And, uh, and it's been a lot of fun and basically been an excuse for him to somehow involve his former castmates from the office in other people's lives. 
I, I thought the first episode was enjoyable. And after that, I mostly just found it progressively more annoying. So the fact that he's not hosting and it's going to CBS just makes me shrug and go, okay, well, I'm definitely not watching this now. So it's I only watched the first one. So I don't know. Yeah, what the, the first one I thought was like a fun little thing. And I'm like, you do this every week and it's basically, it's just an extended version of clickbait. Like this inspiring video will make you weep. Look at this cat doing a silly thing. You know, there's a puppy riding a sheep. Like here's a, per- a veteran coming home and his dog getting excited. It's just those videos extended with John Krasinski commentating in between. And yeah, that's a little like, who cares? It's, it doesn't feel profoundly positive to me. It just feels like a chipper distraction. <laughs> I realize that might sound a little funny coming from a guy who wrote a book about happiness, but I think that it's just like, it's just the cotton candy of happiness. Like it's, it doesn't do anything for me. Mm. Well, I guess the argument could be made just the idea that you wrote a book about happiness in general is kind of funny. That's possible. <laughs> I mean, hopefully the dissonance gets some people to buy it. I mean, I'm, I'll, anything that gets people to buy it is great. But if that's a motivating factor, I'm in. I'm not an unhappy person. I'm just not a chipper person. This is true. This is true. <laughs> okay. That's a good way of summing you up, Barnabas. So, yeah, I, I was trying to think before the episode, what are some things I can just kind of set Barnabas off on? And, just kind of like, and I saw yep. that this morning. I'm like, oh, that'll be good. I'll write that one down right there. <laughs> well, th- there's a hundred percent. There's a hundred percent chance CBS is going to ruin it. Oh, absolutely. Whatever was good about it, like he, John Krasinski's charm. He's a. He seems like one of the most likable, charming people. I mean, he's either that or he's one of the best fakers ever. <laughs> they and if he's not involved and CBS is, it's going to become. It's basically going to become like the NCIS of comedy. It. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make a lot of money off of NCIS. Right. Might be great for them. Yeah. Not great for the viewers. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I was thinking about it again, just the fact of there's so many people trying to copy it out there and thus make money off of it to where, and from a defensive posture, I understand that. But also it's like, okay, then you put it on a streaming platform that you have to pay for. It's not like saying, hey, we're going to keep it free. John Krasinski is going to step out and they're going to kind of standardize it a little bit more. Um, they are. Honestly, one of the most charming aspects of it is how like low grade it is. You know, totally. when he, you know that it, he's doing it on just like a crappy webcam and they do these funny cuts and he's like, actually, there's nobody in the room with me. I'm just here with my laptop. Like those, those aspects of it were the best parts where it, it kind of had its charm. So going to where it's going to be a, a studio production, just feels like it will lose some of its some of some of what made it enjoyable at first. Agreed. Uh, fair. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Well, speaking of things that uh, that you can go off on, um, you know, one of the things that I love is when I come across um, just weird and random phrases in books, and so uh, this is one that uh, that came out of a book that that Emily found recently, Doc Savage. Man of Bronze from 1933. So We're all this, shaking our heads. You yeah, should maybe. rejoice in this because this is this is a little bit of history right here. It's it's pulp fiction, but not Quentin Tarantino style pulp fiction. You know, this is wholesome for the family. A name like Doc Savage, I'm less convinced it's wholesome for the family, but well, carry on. He's an he's a globe-trotting adventurer um, with a uh, a crew of genius adventurers with him five of the brainiest heroes ever joined in a cause and he himself is invincible and super smart he's invincible and super smart uh-huh is that what, is that okay just want yeah. to make sure i understand the premise yeah. of whatever's to follow okay yes got it so he's on a he is on he is on an adventure um on it honestly i don't really remember what it's a great book <laughs> so memorable but here is just uh, it's just a line so one of his uh one of his uh partners is a guy who's named monk who is built kind of apishly um but is also um if i remember correctly he is a 
he is either a genius chemist or um, or a man of the cloth. No, he's definitely not a man of the okay. cloth. <laughs> Figured with um, a name like Monk, there was a chance. Yeah, no, no, he is not a man of the cloth, un- unfortunately. But he gets into it. But something happens, and so they're like, "We're gonna lead this guy into a trap." And uh, and so this is what it says: uh, Monk popped his knuckles in uh, in hands that were nearly as big as as gallon pails. Trap is right. Wait until I get my lunch shovels on that guy. Lunch shovels? Lunch <laughs> shovels. What does that mean? Lunch Hands. Shovels? Hands? Lunch shovels. Okay. I've never heard it that way. All right. I know. I mean, okay, let's 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 break this one down. So lunch shovels. Like you've heard like you see somebody eating, you're like, man, he's really shoveling it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess the hands become the lunch shovel. Correct. But that that seems there's some there's some like leaps of expression in there that it just doesn't quite land how did you feel about it aaron uh i laughed the first time i read it because it was just ridiculous (laughs) but i mean this this is this was happier for aaron than any episode of some good news he laughed harder at lunch shovels than anything john krasinski has ever said or done this is actually correct well, I mean, it's just it's just a weird phrase, and I like weird phrases, and it's extra weird because it's a pulp novel, and and by the way, all of those are basically the things that predated superheroes. So that's um, you know, so it's the the man of mystery adventurer kind of stuff. So the shadow so, and and, and, and stuff it was like that. it was Monk the apish genius chemist. Yeah, who wanted to get his lunch shovels on some opponent? Is yes, that right? he's also very aggressive and and likes to fight people. Okay, you know I'm almost intrigued enough <laughs> to try to read this book, except that then I would have to go find it. Oh, we can we can still make that happen. I said almost. I'll let you know if I uh, if I get all the way there. <laughs> I guess we'll Looks, see. Any any others from that? I feel like if they use that one in there, they they can't be that can't be the only weirdo euphemism that's the uh that's the only one that's popped out so far is is the doc savage character part of like a series of books mm-hmm. or, oh, oh wow yes. whole... there are many books there are currently comic books of him uh he's been adapted he's been riffed on in multiple forms there's even a really awful movie from the 1970s uh starring i think a guy named ron eli it is the I I looked up the trailer for it the other night. Oh, you're it, bored. <laughs> this is how I'm coping with uh, with you know my my not ex- having extra free time. You know I have to say Scarlett's owning of a bunny much healthier than your <laughs> fixation on the Doc Savage serialization. Thank you. One of those, yeah. One of those is like cute and warm and safe and makes children happy. The other one is just just weird. All right. Well, this podcast is over. So uh, <laughs> sorry, Aaron. This is what you get right here. So it's fine. That's fine. You just asked, for that, you asked for it quite literally. That's right. Well, just for that, I'll send you my uh, my endorsement that you didn't ask for later for your book. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> That's all right. I think most people who send endorsements don't read the book anyway, so maybe we should just skip the step of reading the book and just send the endorsement on what you think it should be. I think we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. I got an endorsement for one of my books five minutes after I sent the request to one gentleman. This was, <laughs> like, I don't know, was like, would you five s- would so you I, send, like, I sent the email with the manuscript and was like, okay. would you consider wow. looking at this? It kind of, you know, all the open doors, you're like, consider if you think it's good. Five minutes later, I got an endorsement back that was very clear, did not even look, didn't even open the attachment. It was just sort of like, this Goodness. book by Barnabas is worth reading. You should check it out. Like, did nice. you use it? <laughs> <laughs> did you use uh, the endorsement? I don't remember. Probably. Was it because? <laughs> no, Ted will actually read a book. Ted just reads, he can read in a whole book and like, seven minutes so he's one of the fastest readers and writers i've ever encountered um but i think i used it because of the person's name it was worth putting in the book somewhere to be like look it verifies me as a as a trustworthy person even if his words don't so <laughs> mm. well so all right so if someone come back and say hey i'm not gonna have time to read your book but i will write a quote saying nice things about you like basically affirming you as a writer but not necessarily this book would you accept that no i would ask him be like i'll send you a copy when it comes out just like post a picture of it and tell people it exists 
Yeah. Like if you're not going to read it, that's fine. I don't expect most people to read my books. Like statistically, the majority of the world does not read anything I write. But if you can, if you can snap a picture and post it, that's beneficial. So just do that. Like just mm-hmm. let people know this thing exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That is so, like the most glass half full Barnabas. <laughs> that, that's your version of half full right there. Anyone else would be half empty, but I'm like, no, that's all right. And I'm good with it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. That. Man, life really has changed for you since What's, you left the podcast. Life is it, life's a lot easier if you don't expect things from people that they will never deliver. Expecting to be like a New York Times bestselling author for most of us is just a recipe for disappointment. Whereas if you can be like, I, I heard back from several readers who said really nice things. They said it helped them in some way or it was eye-opening or they were encouraged. Like that, that's genuinely beneficial. Even if the sales numbers are not, you know, life-changing, which for, for most authors, they're not, you know, most of us don't live a glamorous lifestyle due to royalties. And so, yeah, just having an expectation of, of like, yeah, most people are not going to read this. Even the people I send it to won't read it. They'll, they'll share it. And I'm just be good with that. If they're sharing it, they're doing you, they're doing you a favor. And that's nice. I'm reading it and I'm really enjoying it. Well, I appreciate that. I like genuinely, I appreciate that more than the people who just share it. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Lots more. I mean, at least you received it, Scarlett. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's Dave, you weren't going to read it anyway. You were stuck in the middle of your 72nd Winston Churchill biography. So (laughs) sorry, I I will never one up Winston in your mind. So I just didn't even try. You're a close second, though. And Aaron was reading Doc Savage, and I just knew he was in the middle of something exciting. So no, 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 no. You, you're looking at the wrong way. Like, you, you, forget about Dave's huge platform. I mean, really massive platform. I did. I forgot all about it. Sorry about that. <laughs> I said, just think like Dave said. He's. I've had a down week. I needed some happiness, and you failed to send me a nugget of happiness, known as your book. I was going to send you the book when it was something that was like a finished product. See, so here's the thing. I was trying to treat you the way that I would like to be treated. And so a PDF of a book is only good if like in certain circumstances, like if, if you want, you know, an endorsement or something like that, it's useful to have in advance, but I only like reading the finished book most of the time. So I wait like you, Dave, you've given me advanced copies of books that you picked up at, at publishing events for books that I a hundred percent want to read. Like I'm eager to read and I wait until I can get the real thing. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't want the advanced copy of Leif Anger's book or Carl Morlanti's book, both of which you gave me. So I waited <laughs> until I got the real thing. I know. So, Imagine like I'm sensible. excited coming back from BEA in New York and I'm like, Oh man, Barnabas will love this. This is great. I got a couple of books and I kind of give them to you and you're like, look, I'm like, Oh, this is great. And you just hand it right back. I'll buy the finished copy <laughs> That's later. That's not true. I gave them to somebody else. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> yes, the the garbage man. No, no. because there's like there's still there's basically yeah. the finished manuscript. I just want like the one that's going to end up on my shelf, and an advanced reader copy doesn't end up on a shelf. It's just mm-hmm. a I don't know. Call it a neurosis. I don't right. I don't know what it is, but I like the finished book. All right. So let's go back to uh, endorsements for a second, and right. specifically, let's let's have some fun. Who are some people that? you should have sent it to who would be just completely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous, like what a waste of time to even send it to them? Oh, absolutely. Like that would just be like ridiculous, entertaining, and weird. Like Rob Bell or what? That could be fun. How how ridiculous are are we going here? You can go as you can go as weird as Rob Bell um, or Driscoll or whatever you want. <laughs> I think Still. you should because of Happy Rant getting uh, yeah. you know, dogpiling on him. I think you should Just have to, sent it to him. I might send him the finished copy. Here, this is for you. You might need this. Um, <laughs> thought this could help. Um, yeah, that one would be a good one. Like, yeah, just thinking of like very angry people who would be fun to send it to, you know, Driscoll's, he's mellowed in his old age, but still a bit of a screamer. Um, John MacArthur would be a fun one. Just here, ease up, buddy. Um, who else? You can go way off the track and send it to like, uh, I don't know, one of your favorite angry atheists. 
Like the, just everything, everything about what they stand for is different than than what, than what the book stands for. They're angry. They don't believe in God. They don't really believe in anything except themselves. Um, you know, like a a Christopher Hitchens ish type of thing. Mm-hmm. Is he still alive? No, he he died a few years ago. I always get ago. him and Richard Dawkins mixed up because they wrote more or less the same books for a few years and were mm-hmm. part of the same sort of atheist movement. So I I can't keep yeah. them straight. The difference is is that. You know, Hitchens had a little more intellectual integrity than uh, than Dawkins because he knew at least what he was talking about. Yeah, Dawkins is he's an angry he's an angry little elf. Um, Sure is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think I think those would be fun. Let's see who else who. It'd be fun to go to. uh, What is her name? Like Nadia Boltz Weber, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who's. Like she stands for everything that the general theological camp that I have grown up in doesn't, you know, like just very antagonistic. I feel like poking the bear would be kind of fun. That could that could be a good um, time. Yeah. How many people did you send it to for endorsements? Like twelve. Dave, twelve. Dave is just crestfallen. <laughs> yeah, tw- I think like yeah, twelve to fifteen, like three or four of which I was like, "There's a zero percent chance I will even hear back from this person," in the hopes that like I'd get seven to eight back total, something like that. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I hate asking for endorsements because it does, it feels a lot like saying compliment me, but they are beneficial from the publisher standpoint. So, yeah. Well, you know, what would be really fun. I think for one of us to eventually do, we actually should just put in the subject line. Hey, Hey, it's time to compliment me. Say nice things about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just say exactly what be you direct, want yeah. yeah be direct yeah exactly yep. that's right that's right mm-hmm. help me help you there you go i like it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. barnabas i have to i have to uh give you a, a little bit of praise right now and and here's why oh, this is the say nice things about me portion this of the is podcast. the say nice things. I like speaking this. of saying a good nice transition. things yeah that's right see it's natural i've been working on my segues since you left that's really good I'm thank, you. thank you thank <laughs> you um, but, uh, you know, you recommended the Walt Longmire series a while back. I just finished book three of it and man, it is good stuff. Those are, oh, those are among my favorites. They're really, really good. Dave, have you read those? Which ones again? I couldn't hear. Walt Longmire by Craig Johnson. So, uh, Death Without Company is one of them. The Cold Dish is the first one. Turned it into a series through maybe USA, which then yeah. became a Netflix series. Yeah, my, which was my, really my, good, but the books are better. Yeah, my mom's a huge fan of the shows uh, or show, I should say, right? Um, but yeah, I haven't gotten into it. But yeah, I, you know, like the fourth or fifth people that recommend it, and I know Aaron, you've been digging in. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's Western meets mystery novel. Yeah. So, but set in the early two thousands. Scarlett, do you read? Do you read westerns? When I was when I was on this podcast, we had sort of a Dave and I had sort of a mutual affinity for them. Aaron got roped in, and I was just curious what your general sentiment about westerns are. So, I I've never read one, and the thing is, as you're talking about them, like I don't want to. <laughs> like it so, doesn't even sound interesting. Well, I don't like west. No, it doesn't sound. I don't know why. That's I fair. I, I'm not interested. I don't know why, <laughs> but I'm not. I I kind of love that you're just like yeah don't don't care even a little bit I'm not even intrigued. But I, I think we, we need to speak Aaron's language though. So remember, aren't all sci-fi's basically westerns, right? I mean, like the no. story like, of it, space, space cowboy novels. Yeah, that's a, a lot are. Yeah, a lot are when they're not all being about 2020. I was going to say that they're like political agenda pieces. <laughs> there's a lot that are that for sure, mm-hmm. um, especially modern sci-fi stuff. There's it's. You know, but I mean, we can all thank Star Trek for that. I I understand why people don't like westerns. Like they are they are a very sort of specific genre, and so you like you you go to them and you're you look around and you're like, this is either just right for me or I am in the completely wrong place. But there's not a lot of like I can kind of get into them a little bit. It's like now nah, you're in or you're out. I think. I just feel like whenever I've walked by a movie that was a Western, I've immediately walked away. So why would I open a book that's a Western? Well, and see, I actually like Western movies more than I like Western books. But um, then I definitely shouldn't open one. (laughs) Well, but so here's the Canadian. Hey, (laughs) 
Okay, that's bad. He is not the, the be-all, end-all of opinions on this. I will say this about Western <laughs> books as opposed to Western movies. Um, a, a good Western novel is a, it's a character-driven thing. Most Western movies are action-driven things. Yeah, I picture like, bang, bang, and I'm, I don't want that. If it's yeah, character-driven, like, I'd like it, Ben. There's, I, that's what I like. Yeah, a, the really good ones are much more people-driven than they are action-driven. So, like, Okay, I'll try it. You've Lon- Lonesome, me. Lonesome Dove, which, Aaron, I, I understand you're still not done with after I'm 11 years of reading. I'm on 57 and a half. Okay, so you're like 1% done with the book. Um, or Sun, a book called Sun by Philip Meyer, which I read after a guest on this podcast. I think it was when Andrew Osenga was on. He, he said it was his favorite, and so I went and got it. And uh, it was everything he recommended and more. Both of those are much more like friend dynamic, family dynamic, people-oriented. They just happen to be set in the West. Okay, I'm going to read it. Okay. Those. I would recommend Sun, not Lonesome Dove, because Lonesome Dove is like a thousand pages long. So. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. really long. It's also really good, and you need to just buck up and read it. Aaron. <laughs> it is. Finish wow. the book. You'll, Finish you'll what you started. Later. Yeah. All I right. believe in you. Sometime in 2021, I'll be all done, just like when I'm done paying off my car. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, if you time both at once, it'll be such a sense of relief. Just out from under two huge burdens. You can do it. 100 pages a week. You got it. At 100 pages a week, you'll be done in 2021. It's about that <laughs> yeah, long. It's about true. that long. That's right. <laughs> I thought 2020 just was never going to end. It seems that way. What month is it? Almost June, apparently. January. Mm-hmm. I don't January? even know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. January? Well, Barnabas, we have, uh, uh, we, we have kind of... Have we parked the Sucker Punch of the Week? We never have a, like ended it. We've just kind of parked it for a while. It's kind of in. It's in a garage. It's got a cover on it. You know, there's there's nice coverings <laughs> on those cars, um, but it's not like we could get it out if we wanted to. So if we got it out today, um, just for the sake of driving around, it could be a nice day. It maybe it is raining, day. so I mean, it's a good day to sucker punch something. That's true. So Barnabas, do you have any any sort of thoughts on a uh, sucker punch of maybe the last month and a half since we probably haven't done it in that long, maybe two months? I have a, I have a category of books that needs to be sucker punched. It's a whole category. And it is the like, it is the, the, the pseudo journalistic takedowns of our president, which doesn't even matter what your opinions on the president are. I have some very strong ones. But as a category of books, I think they're garbage. I, I think they're so, they, they're, they're like, they're politically agenda driven. They are, you only have pieces of the information because he's only partway through his presidency. You have like, some of them couch themselves as like, this is the, the historic buildup to this, but they're not historians. They don't really know how to do history. So like just categorically, they're they're essentially just pot shots and uh, like poor political takedowns that only stir the pot and make people like each other less. So as a category, I would like to sucker punch the here's how Donald Trump became president genre of books. I think I, if they were written in 15 years or 10 years and we have some historical context, that's that's a different thing. But right now, punch them all. I think they're they're not worth reading. Can we expand that out beyond just the 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 pot shots at uh, at the current president and just to like cheap political pot shot books in general? Yes, I I it, it, I think because tr- I think as Trump is so polarizing, he's like bred a whole like there's a there's a whole market for these things, and um, <clears throat> yeah, like there are some I think that are that do real journalistic work in terms of like understanding how he resonated with different parts of the country or different socioeconomic classes. And there's, there's some insights in there, but for the most part, they're pretty trash. Whereas like, if we get the, if we get the Robert Cairo version of a Trump biography in 15, 20, 30 years, that's worth reading. Somebody who's done the work to understand like the, the origins and the ethos and how we fit in America and whatever. But also, I wouldn't read that because it'd be four volumes long. So, yeah. But that said, well, we gotta we gotta figure out the technology to keep that guy alive long enough to finish. Uh, Arrow or finish. Trump? 
Caro. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just curious which way you were going. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, um, as a Canadian who um, is a permanent resident. I like that you legally state that after we talk about Trump so you don't get deported. Yes, no. that's right. <laughs> Legal. I have a card. I have it's a card. Work. It can be taken away, but I have yeah. a card. <laughs> Bar- Barnabas, we gave, uh, we had we had Thomas Kidd on last week. By the way, you would have enjoyed that. Um, would have. I should go back and listen. I should try that. Yeah, it was Sounds great. Fun. But, uh, but Scarlett and I got to give Aaron the American citizenship quiz, or at least selective <laughs> questions from it. <laughs> He did pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I got he, a B plus, guys. He, he was great. He did, uh, did he? Doctor Kid. Yeah. See, I'm afraid that if I took that, I would do worse than Aaron. That's what like, I said. Brian. That's I because have, you I'm so will. Glad to be asking I have the privilege of citizenship, so I never had to work for this, which means I get to forget all American history with no cost whatsoever, <laughs> other than right. the intellectual cost. Yeah, right. he, he, he had a nice caveat to saying like, hey, you did better than most Americans would do on this. So, he's, And that's he's really what it's all wrong. about. I just have to do better than you guys would. So, <laughs> Well, that's yeah, that's that, that's true for every group who's not the majority culture. You have to do better to get to where we are. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that gloating. It's just sort of it's just, it's a, just a statement about anybody who's not in the position of majority. It's yeah. True. Yeah. So, what, welcome to welcome to working harder to achieve what we didn't have to work to achieve, Aaron. Well, thank you. We're I really appreciate proud that. of you. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, Barnabas, along with your that that lovely genre, uh, there's a lot of be mo- a lot of money to be made in that genre, by the way. Uh, but uh, Brian Kilmeade in Fox News has another history book out, so uh, I, I know you've pre-ordered that already. I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I everything that comes out of Fox News. I just pre-order <laughs> yep. because because why not? I don't know. They're mm. so it's so satisfying it's, to one's soul and intellect. <laughs> breathtaking stuff. Yeah, breathtaking. So hey guys, there's a book that just came out like two days ago that I'm curious about your thoughts on. It is a prequel to the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. So she went back to the well. And she's written a written a prequel to to the book that series. That well was dry after book one. <laughs> so going back to that well seems um, maybe not productive. This is the the ballad of songbirds and snakes. That's that correct. That's what it is. Okay, gotcha. That's correct. You know, um, it's a great title. So it just came out. That's right. Yeah, okay. it came out on Tuesday. Wednesday. Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. I I I I'm I'm one of those. I didn't re- I read the first and the last book. I don't think I read the middle book. Uh, but I I mean I like the idea of this series. So I'm not I don't I don't I don't hate it. I know some people not true just because it's YA. But like I thought it was you know my girls keep asking to watch the movies. I'm like man, it's just hard. You just got teenagers killing each other i said i don't know what to tell yeah, you that's why i quit reading i started the first one and i yeah. just don't like anything with child violence yeah yeah and so, my I mean, daughter loved them by the way the whole series i i thought the series was really fun but just in terms of how well the story was told the first book was much better written and then they sort of precipitously declined into like because i think it was something where she didn't expect them to succeed or it was picked up before she finished the series and so it was sort of a rush job and uh, so that the writing and storytelling declined. I think the thing that that was frustrating for me as a reader, just on the on the original on the core books, was that the ending is just really flat and despairing. And like, and and I know that you know whether she intentionally did that or it was just bad writing, uh, I'm not sure. But um, but it was like it was just very hopeless. Yeah. I, I think you can write, like, I just, uh, even though I haven't read the book, but I've watched the movie Atonement. I was, have you guys read the book or, or seen the movie? It's a great movie. I, I want to go back and read the book, but it's hard. It's bleak. Um, yet it, it provides beautiful hope in the middle of it too, in terms of redemption atonement. But, uh, um, I think it's why people ultimately like are willing to put up with stories that are really hard to be able to see, okay, what really, where does this ultimately lead? And that that's based on, that's not a true story necessarily, but it's just, but it takes place during World War II. Barnabas, big surprise that I, I like something does, around does that. Does Churchill make an appearance? Mm-hmm. Um, it is set during Dunkirk. 
there is a really cool five-minute single-shot scene in, of Dunkirk in it, which is arguably Dude, you're better. you're so on brand right now. Know, Thank you. Dave mentions World War II drink. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it takes place for the majority before World War II, though. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. I know. Which sets it right around the time that Doc Savage was written. That's Doc. right. Just That's bring right. it full circle. There you yes, go. Well right done, there. guys. We did it. We All brought right. it back well, around. We right. ruined it from start to finish. Aaron, t- Aaron take us. Well, home. no, 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 no. You, we, there's some things I got to say. I'm really proud of uh, of us for today because. Um, you know, my sensor button's a little bit rusty, so so we've kept it clean. We've kept it thoroughly PG. How many cuss words have you had to edit out <laughs> since I left the podcast? Like, just Zero. total between all of you. Zero. Zero. Barnabas, did you know? I don't know if I know... should be very ashamed or very proud of that. <laughs> well, Barnabas, I'll, I'll have you know. I feel a little bit proud, though. You, you should, because you're actually known as the guy with the swears by one of my kids. Yeah. Does your kid also know you as the guy who failed to edit out certain things? This is this is how daddy fell down on the job? There were just so many. I missed them. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, if it makes, yeah, it makes, that's fine. My kids also view me that way. So, you know, that's fair. Uh, but speaking of things that hopefully don't make us want to swear, um, what are we reading right now? Well, I'm reading this great book, Hoping for Happiness. Mm, that's going to make Dave want to swear. <laughs> um, I've been reading <laughs> I've been reading less because I have writing projects. You know how it goes. It's like all or nothing. So I had like six months of nothing, reading a lot, and now I have lots of writing. So reading Barnabas' book. And I also started that Sebastian Maniscalco book months and months ago. He's one of my favorite comedians. And I kind of dropped it, and I want to bring this up, but I've been reading it again. But I wanted to bring this up because we talked last time Barnabas was on, we talked about comedian memoirs. And I mentioned Amy Poehler's book, which I don't even remember. But I kind of would compare this Sebastian one to that because I think you have to go in to a comedian's memoir with the right expectations. Because like, Sebastian is so funny in a stand up on Netflix, but his book is more like this is just what his life was like, which is very interesting to me. So that's why I like those. Like I like I think I I remember liking Amy Poehler's book, even though I read it so long ago, but it wasn't like funny, 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 funny. You know, some, some of their books are like funny, like a stand up act, but this is not. So that's kind of why I dropped it. Cause it was like, Oh, this is interesting. Italian family. Sebastian Maniscalco. He's, you haven't always so good. I I don't think I know of him. He's really good. So I'm writing him up on Netflix. Yes. Um, He's Italian. He talks a lot about his family. He's like very physical but not in a corny way. Anyway, I love his stand-up, and his book is very interesting to me because I enjoy reading about how comedians got started and their early lives and stuff. But it's not, I think you might, if you went into it like you went into the Amy Poehler book, you might be disappointed because it's not like his act. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Cool. All right. Barnabas, what are you reading? Um, <clears throat> I am... I'm kind of the the reverse of Scarlet that for like nine months I read very little other than like stuff that I had to read for church related things or whatever. And then in the last month or two, I've rediscovered that you can read lots of books when you're not writing things. Um, so right now that um, I'm reading, I'm finishing the book Miracles by C.S. Lewis, which I thought I'd read most of Lewis's nonfiction um, and then was poking through my shelves and found that one. And I was like, I don't remember anything about this one. And turns out I hadn't read it. So that's taken me a while, kind of going through it slow, because it's it's kind of an apologetics book, kind of a philosophical apologetics book. Um, but in Lewis's very sort of, he's just, he's so kind of warm in his prose. It doesn't feel academic. Um, it's brilliant about just sort of the the nature and, and um origin of God. And, you know, he, he does this brilliant thing where he'll take somebody's argument and then just sort of counter with like, well, what about this? And then completely dissolve their argument. Um, so working on that one, I'm reading a book called the low country heart, which is sort of a memoir slash writing reflections by Pat Conroy. So Conroy is one of my top two or three favorite novelists. 
Uh, Conroy, is, Conroy is 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 your World War II version for me. By the way, like you 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 will. There's some truth in that. The difference is that that since Conroy has passed away, there's a finite number of his books. And so I can reread them. Whereas you discover new World War II, like World War II was a finite period of time. There's an infinite number of pages written about it, apparently. Um, And movies being made about it. But so it, towards the end of his life, his publisher or somebody convinced him to start a blog back when those things existed. And so it's just like, 500 word reflections on writing on encountering readers on different stuff in his own voice as an older as an older writer and it's it if you love conroy it's great if you don't love conroy you'll be like what is going on here i don't care um and let's see i think there's one oh and then i just finished listening to um the I'm forgetting the author's name, but it's the Gabriel Alon series. So spy novels, Daniel Silva, that's the author. And so same character uh, throughout all of them for like, he, he wrote like 20 of these. And so just listened to them sequentially because that's something I can do when I'm writing is still listen to audiobooks. Reading takes too much energy, but listening works, especially if they're kind of lighter fiction. And he's he just has sort of a formula for them. So if you if you dig the formula of that version of spy novel, they're really fun. If you don't, the other 19 are exactly like it. So just skip it. But I loved him. Very cool. Dave, what do you got? What uh, World War II book are you reading? I'm not. Um, I actually just re- reread or re-listened to, I should say, uh, One Last Strike by Tony La Russa. Barnabas will appreciate this. <laughs> well, you yeah. miss baseball bad. I know. If I'm reading yeah, baseball books, especially Re- rereading books by a retired manager. So this is how <laughs> bad Dave misses baseball. So so Dave is really hoping for happiness right now. Yes, I am. And I'm, by happiness, you mean baseball. Yes. I'm dying. Yeah. I'm, uh, and, it, and it's going to be weird when it starts back up. But uh, yeah. uh, if it does, however it will be. But no, it, it's, it's, it's a fun read. 2011 world series and so on. So get to relive my days. Yeah. Aaron, what do you got? Uh, well, I am at work on book four of the Longmire series. Uh, so another man's moccasins, doc Savage, of course. And, um, I am just enthralling. It's, it's <laughs> riveting. And, um, and I also just wrapped a, uh, book called uh that a graphic novel called uh batman the last night on earth which is kind of a post-apocalyptic batman batman story uh which is super fun so because i just need some candy while i am <clears throat> writing dozens of video scripts Wait, did you say and it's writing called a batman book. the last man on earth last night on earth oh i was like last man on earth what does he do <laughs> <laughs> He's got no villains. He's got, he's got no sidekick. Well, I'll he's tell you, this the, toys. The, in this, in this, <laughs> in this story, he's basically seen roaming around with um, the Joker's still living head in a in a jar. I, I'm going to send you a copy of my manuscript, Aaron. Um, I think you need it. Aaron, this needs is it. way, way, way more concerning than a, a bunny fixation. Dave, I think I'm going to send it to you too because you're rereading Tony LaRusso's book. So <laughs> you guys have convinced me that you're in need. Mission accomplished, Dave. <laughs> modern problems, modern solutions, whatever it takes. All right, Barnabas, it's been a lot of fun to have you back on the show uh, today. This is this has been great. We haven't uh, been made fun of to this degree to uh, in quite some time. As because so. your your new co-host is way way nicer than i am that's true she i mean she did up the quality of the show um <laughs> unquestionably yeah but yeah yeah well thanks for thanks for hanging out with us today this was a lot of fun it has been fun maybe maybe don't wait three months before inviting me on next time huh well you know we needed to give ourselves some time to heal <laughs> if i send if i send you the manuscript will it accelerate my next invitation probably no no i need a confirmation otherwise you're not getting it yes you need to come okay. back when i finish yeah. your book to see if i'm still having rabbit yeah. problems <laughs> Got yes. you. okay i thought you were yeah. gonna say to see rabbit if i still problem. like it let's see, see if, if it does the thing that so many problems. christian books do and just fall off a cliff in the last third but uh <laughs> that's right well i mean you know i'm i'm at the halfway mark on the one that i'm writing right now my next kids one and uh oh quick tip just repeat the first half uh, and mm. you will have done what so many other books do. Mm. 
Well, they're not going to let me get away with Throwing that, unfortunately. Guide, you're great. Yeah, they're not going to let me do no? that either. Okay. So, no, sorry. It's worth a but, shot. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. But the good news is, is that because I'm o- I'm just getting to the over the halfway part, the rest of it's going to go really fast because that's what always happens with me. Is as soon as as soon as I hit the halfway mark, then it then it's gold. Got to get going. That's right. What's that's your right. deadline? Um, like four or five weeks. Yeah, that's about the time when that's about the time when I usually hit the gas on it because I'm like nothing motivates like a deadline. When people are like, I'm really having a hard time finding motivation. I'm like, well, that's because nothing you're writing is due. I'm super motivated when I have to turn something in. Oh, I have a weekly deadline on this, so... But those are self-imposed, right? No, no, no. Those are theirs. They're like, hey, can you get me this many by this, like, each week? I think that's kind of nice, because I don't do anything unless I have a real deadline. Yeah, Yeah. self-imposed deadlines are fake. This is true. Mm -hmm. And on that note, um, yes, Barnabas, you have an open invite to come back anytime, just so you know. Noted. All right. So if you don't hear from us, you just invite yourself. I'm definitely sending the manuscript. You don't have to read it. Please, please say nice words and post pictures. I'll, I'll send it to you immediately after this podcast is done. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out today. This was a lot of fun. Listeners, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. You know what to do. Leave us your sincere, insincere, we really don't care. Uh, five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See ya. This is an area code podcast.